0: Good. It's nice to relax and get a tan. It has been one crazy summer. I mean a lot of exciting things happened in our town. We have this old lady who loves making it with all the guys in high school. Some people say she's had a stroke or something. They don't know what to do with her. My dad says who cares as long as everybody's having fun. I guess he's right. Who cares? But you know, I heard she really didn't have a stroke. In fact, my friend Mark told me what really happened, and it's got to be the strangest story I've ever heard. <sighs>
1: <laughs> I feel refreshed.
2: Do you feel rejuvenated? No. Oh, <laughs> okay. Actually, just refreshed.
1: I'm actually pretty tired. Oh. So tired. Ty- so tired of all these Star Wars. <laughs> I've really been blasting my brain for like the two past two weeks just trying to get through three <laughs> three little films called the prequels. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Have you made it through episode two?
1: No. Uh every time it's every time I stop it, like if I'm only halfway through <laughs> it's like uh you know Zeno's—I think it's Zeno's paradox, where it's like you move, but no matter how much you move, you're still halfway to like the thing you're moving towards. Right. Um, that's basically episode two <laughs> at this point. I can watch it for its entire running time of two and a half hours, but no matter when I stop it, it's still going to be in the middle. <laughs>
2: I remember when they released the Star Wars movies on Blu-ray, I was like, I'm going to watch all the movies. So I watched episode one and I was like, this was dumb.
1: It's dumb, but there are some good ideas and like, in it, like the, the, right. the basic plot outline is fine.
2: Right. So then I watched episode two, except I never made it all the way through.
1: <laughs> Did you ever finish it?
2: Like I saw it when it came out, like more right. than once, but I have not finished it since then. No,
1: I fell asleep when it came when I saw it in the theater. <laughs> like, and I've never been able to. I've I've seen the end, like because I fell asleep and woke up and they were and making all the Jedi's fight in a big arena, and I was like, what is happening? And I, finished, <laughs> I, I was like, when I fell asleep, we saw a little baby Boba Fett. What, what's been going on? And really, there's nothing. It's mostly just, uh, Christian, Chris, whatever his name, Christensen. Uh, Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen and, uh, Natalie Portman just rolling around in a CGI field, getting ready to fuck.
2: Lots of him whining. And, uh, like, it's
1: just. I know there's a point, apparently, where he goes back to Tatooine and kills a bunch of sand people. Yeah. Uh but I will probably never see that.
2: <laughs> I'll say like I think when it came out I had a positive response to it and I think I was just wrapped up in the hype. Sure. Uh and I was like, Oh, cool. But I don't know that I actually I, I yeah, I as an adult, as a eighteen plus, yeah, don't think that I've ever made it all the way through the movie. It's Like, the first one is dumb, but a bunch of things happen, and so I wasn't bored.
1: Right, yeah, it's really stupid, but yeah, stuff happens. Uh,
2: Episode two, it's just like, there's so much drama between uh, Anakin and Padme, and like, the problem is, I think that George Lucas told them to act weird the whole time, but like, not in a great, weird way, it's not malignant. It's more just like, I don't know. Like, because I know those people have acted in things and not come across weird with every word that came out of their mouth.
1: Yeah, he was just like, act like you're interacting with another person for the first time.
2: (laughs) But there's just a bunch of crying and whining from Anakin and nothing happens. I think there's some stuff like at the very end.
1: Obi Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. plays detective a lot in it, but I don't think it amounts to much. Uh, <laughs> uh, once again, I I couldn't tell you. I really I know that I absolutely hate the long necked aliens that make the clones. I hate the way they look. <laughs> I don't like seeing them. I prefer the racist Japanese space trader aliens from the first film.
2: Fair enough.
1: The thing is, is I, when Episode 3 came out, I liked it. I saw it in theaters several times.
2: Episode I, 3 was definitely better.
1: But I don't know if I'll ever make it to it again. <laughs> it's the problem. I can't. I could just move on, but that would betray my purpose. So uh, I'm just so tired of all these Star Wars. Can we talk about porn? Uh,
2: fine. <laughs> I guess what we could talk about is Babyface 2 by Alex Dorenzi.
1: Okay, this is an episode two. Maybe I can get behind. Okay.
2: So, Babyface 2, as far as I can tell, has nothing to do with Babyface 1, other than there is a Babyface poster in the background in a few shots. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's probably for the best. I feel like at some point we're bound to cover the original, but I just remember it being real rapey. Mm-hmm. And uh weird. It yes. was Alex Dorenzi in the seventies was way rapier than Alex Dorenzi in the eighties. I think he uh yeah. caught up at least a little bit more with the times.
1: Yeah, just a little bit. Uh but yeah, definitely in Pretty Peaches and I think the other one or two others I've seen from that period. Very uh pro rape. <laughs> Well, at least the... Uh, I'd say he would at least definitely make light of sexual assault. Yes, we'll say that. for sure.
2: Yeah, uh, but this film is completely different and has no narrative ties to the original. Um, it is instead Alex Derenzi's Carlos Tobolina film.
1: It's Alex Derenzi's David Decato film. <laughs> uh, I have a couple... Okay, narrative. I can see that be, in a way. Yeah, I'll be pointing out some similarities that I feel as we go. Okay.
2: Okay, but uh, Babyface 2 has a interesting cast of characters. Uh, we have Christara Barrington, who we've seen several times. We yes. have uh, Francois Papouillon.
1: Mm-hmm. Another favorite.
2: Uh, Taisha Ray, who, if you recall, was the
1: star of Driller. Yep. We lead, lead a driller.
2: Um, and we have some faces that we haven't seen as much on the Raincoat Report.
1: Yeah, but this is, what, 86? Yes. So it's getting a bit into that period where it's going to video that we don't cover as much.
2: Right, right. But, uh... But we get more Kevin James, who yeah, we, we had could... last week and has, uh... The rapey brother.
1: You know, I haven't seen this much Kevin James since Leah Ramini's Snapchat leaked. (laughs) I'm glad that joke got you a second time. It's so bad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we got him. We got Tom Byron as Tommy.
1: Yeah, everyone in this film is playing a character named after themselves.
2: Yes. Other than perhaps the male stripper and the grandmother... Although technically we're never given their names, so maybe.
1: Yeah. Uh we got Lois as yes. Lois Air or Lois Ayers as Lois.
2: Yep, we got Karina Collins as Karina. Uh-huh. Jerry Butler as Jerry. Uh Christara Barrington as Christara. Uh Stacy Donovan as Stacey.
1: And so forth.
2: Uh yeah, Lynn Francis, Melissa Melendez, uh Dick Rambone. Excellent. Mark Wallace. Yeah, and uh, Molly Seagram as the grandmother,
1: and of course Jamie Gillis. As I was the stripper. uh stripper.
2: Yes, I was. I was dancing around it, but I was. Uh, I was coming back around to it.
1: Okay, well, delete that part. Dance all you want.
2: So yeah, <laughs> as you said, <laughs> Jamie Gillis is the stripper.
1: <laughs> I don't know where it was going. I'm sorry. It's uh,
2: fine. I didn't. I didn't really have the you have, you never, the landing in mind. Okay. I just was, I was going to find my way there one way or another.
1: I like to be kind of like, I just like to throw like a bomb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yes, Jamie Gillis is the stripper, but uh, he has quite an effect on people as we will see. All right. Anything else you want to say before we get started on Babyface 2?
1: People on Twitter are very upset about the level of violence in the Sam Raimi-directed Doctor Strange film. Oh, yeah. It's rated PG-13. It, it can't be that bad.
2: I'm sure it's not.
1: There's No one's going to eat their own guts.
2: Probably not.
1: No. Uh, I saw a spoilery thing on it, and it looked like a wiffle ball caving in, in terms of like effective gore. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, That's all I got to say.
2: Okay, well, uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about Babyface 2. Okay.
1: When this gets hard,
0: it's going to put a spell on all of you.
1: You're all going to be overcome with lust.
0: Oh my god! Oh, no, yeah. Alright, I'm warning you. You laugh now.
1: <laughs> Aphrodite, goddess
2: of love, grant me the power to cast this spell. When did you learn to separate fact from fiction?
1: I still struggle day to day. Um, I thought last week when we walked, watched Anthropophagus that it was real.
2: Oh, that must have been tough. Yeah, it was as boring as real life for yeah. a lot of it.
1: So it was tough to stay awake. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, no, uh, I'd say I learned to separate fact from fiction. At a a, a reasonable age. An age when I could probably tell letters and numbers apart.
2: (laughs) Fair enough.
1: So about eight. I can't tell what in this movie is fact or fiction, because (laughs) this lady, we meet her, and she's weaving us a tale.
2: Right, and at the end, she even says, not to spoil too much, that she doesn't know if it's true, that's just the story she was told.
1: Yeah, so...
2: She divorces herself from any responsibility to the validity of the story that she's telling.
1: It's the death of the author, I think. <laughs> I think that's what they call that. <laughs> um, but definitely, this is a story that blends fact and fiction in such a way that...
2: It's beyond belief.
1: The most... Even the, the most smooth brain will not be able to tell truth from reality perhaps <laughs> for several hours after watching this film it, the events depicted are so realistic yet so fantastic
2: <laughs> so I
1: should record the show sober at some point I wonder what the <laughs> difference would be
2: uh, so baby face 2 <laughs> opens with us meeting our narrator who is Candy Evans who just is called Candy in the film. Yes, they are. Um, yeah, as we've explained, most of the, pretty much all the characters are. This film, I had a great difficulty figuring out who was who along the way because they throw a bunch of characters at us, do oh, not
1: introduce them. So many characters.
2: And I just kind of puzzled it together. So it's possible I'll have gotten things mixed up in my notes, but I think I've got a lot of it, but not all of it.
0: That's I may okay. have to
2: generally refer to this lady and that lady
1: and there were a
2: couple girls over here
1: try to help you along
2: so babyface 2 opens with a title card and synthy music playing and we see a woman talking to the camera this is our narrator candy evans as i said um she talks about how it's been a wild summer and mentions the Old lady that likes to make it with all the guys in high school. Some people said she had a stroke or something. But she heard that she didn't really have a stroke. Her friend Mark told her what happened, and it's got to be the strangest story she's ever heard. She says she'll tell us just as Mark told it. It was the day of Karina's bachelorette party. And Lois and Lynn went to meet Kevin at the track after practice, like they do every Sunday. So I think to myself, what is this, like,
1: uh, What a terrible smell. <laughs> it's a callback last episode. <laughs> um, sorry.
2: I think to myself, what is this? Is he, like, uh, running track or something?
1: No, it's he's a, he's a race car driver. He's
2: apparently a race car driver at race car driver practice.
1: This is Jerry.
2: This is... Kevin, this Uh-oh. is Kevin, Kevin I've, James.
1: I've heard Jerry was a race car driver.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Les Claypool told me that. <laughs> we see them, of course, at a car racing track, and the ladies are there in cheerleader outfits, shaking pom-poms. It's
1: the Sears Point International Raceway.
2: Okay. They talk about being exhausted, but looking forward to tonight. Lois goes along with Kevin as he goes to leave, and they take off together. We see the car pull up at the waterfront, and Lois says she wants Kevin to buy her a boat. He says that she can have anything she wants if she keeps this up, as we look down to her stroking his cock. Lois says someone might see them, so Kevin suggests they go to a nearby shed.
1: This all reminds me of the, um, area we're kind of filming in right now. Yes. Um, down by the river near like the bridge and stuff. And there even is a little shed. <laughs> and I was, uh, was very tickled. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. like Me and Tyler talked about going up to the Watchman's shed.
2: <laughs> we see them make their way into the shed and lay down a stained mattress that they find. Yeah. He notes someone else must use the shed for the same thing.
1: Yeah, it's just a fuck shed.
2: they scramble to undress as Lois notes that she doesn't have much time Kevin says wanna do me or me do you okay I'll do you (laughs) she starts blowing him still wearing her thin top as he's reaching around and fondling her holes (laughs) after a moment he says she's done her part and comes up behind her and starts to fuck her doggy style after a bit she leans back and they kiss he says that I have an idea. We see him fucking her from behind again, but this time they're standing with her bent forward. Her tits are out now with her uh, top slit above them.
1: Yeah. She's got a good, uh, Lois is a good like Madonna look going on.
2: So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I Googled Madonna 86 just to see what she was looking like. Pretty much the same haircut. Okay. She's got a good thing going. I'm also learning more about the Sears Point International Raceway, which is now the <laughs> Sonoma Raceway in Sonoma, California. Oh. It's been in operation since 1968. Cost $70 million to build. It's a uh, good production value if you get it.
2: <laughs> Lois tweaks her nipples as uh, Kevin continues to rail her from behind. He finally pulls out and comes on her ass. She tells him not to get it all over her and tells him to wipe it off because she has to put her skirt on and complains that he got it on her, though he notes that she doesn't want him to come inside her either. He eventually gets her to admit that it was worth it, but she says she's running late and can't find her clothes at first. She reminds him that she's going to Karina's thing tonight. He asks what he's supposed to do tonight, and she says he already did it, and reveals her vagina to him again. We cut to a house where an older couple are talking to one another as they're getting ready to leave.
1: Yes, these are the Corleys.
2: Yes, these are the Corleys.
1: Mr. Corley's a gooser.
2: Yes, he is, because uh, Lois and a couple other girls come in, and... uh, Yeah, as you mentioned, Mr. Conway, in complimenting her on her outfit, gooses her, as she notes he always does.
1: Also, there's a really sick dragon mirror on the wall, where (laughs) the frame is like a carved wooden dragon that's holding the mirror. Excellent. I would have featured that in the film a lot more than uh, Jarenzi chose to. I probably would have built an entire film around a dragon mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they were more common in the mid-80s. I guess so. They weren't a point of interest.
2: <laughs> well, the Conways are going to see Grandmother, who's apparently doing much better and hasn't had one of her spells, as they put it, in ages. We then cut to Tiger and another girl in a bedroom. They're looking at various lingerie together. As they go through some bags, we cut to some other girls in the living room. They have a bunch of dildos and bottles it turns out that Christara Barrington is uh having one of those fantasy parties and she's trying to sell people dildos.
1: Yeah. I don't think um <laughs> uh, I don't think there ever was a there wasn't even a wedding. There's there wasn't even a proposal.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's all just a con to get you to buy dildos from your, right? your friend's house. Uh the two girls from the other room come in brandishing a double
2: headed dildo that they found. They talk about dildos and vibrators and creams and uh, find some Benoit balls. They pull out some anal beads and some handcuffs and some lube.
1: The one girl doesn't quite understand what the Benoit balls are and uh, juggles them.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, The big double-headed dildo reminds me of uh, Long Dong Leo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How's he doing? Gathering dust.
2: Yeah, gathering dust. (laughs) I mean, he's in a box, so technically he's not gathering dust.
1: That's good. I'm glad he's well cared for. Oh.
2: <laughs> so Christara tells them that they're going to the fashion show and they'll look at the stuff later. We cut back to Candy, our narrator, who says she didn't know it was that type of party. She knows that the guys would have freaked if they knew. She says she remembered that day. It was warm and she was having a good time. We see Kevin on the side of the road with two other guys, Tommy and Mark.
1: About Tom Byron and Mark Wallace, respectively.
2: Yes. They chat outside a car and uh, try to figure out what to do today. Then two women show up in swimsuits. This is Candy Evans our narrator as well as Melissa Melendez. Kevin our, and our Melissa. Yes, our Melissa. <laughs> I believe she was in pretty peaches too. I think you might i think, I think she, she was, was asian and pretty peaches too <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> uh, yeah yeah was she like uh she was someone's like kind of like was was like ron jeremy's like assistant or someone she he was like
2: something something like, like that, that. he's
1: like we kill all the white men or yeah <laughs> so, something very like fu manchu-esque
2: <laughs> right <laughs> so um the guys talk them into joining them for a swim. The girls ask him what he's going to tell Lois, and he reminds them that, well, she's at a party tonight. Apparently, Mark decides not to come with them, so it's Tommy
1: and Mark... Yeah, who, Mark's got to do homework.
2: Yeah, Mark's got to do homework. So it's uh, Tommy and Kevin, who uh, decide to spend some time with the babes. We cut to Lois who's using a massager on her arm and neck. Then she looks around and makes sure nobody's coming and starts to press it up against her crotch uh, yeah.
1: over her dress. She was all sore from getting fucked on that dirty old mattress. Right.
2: <laughs> she had a fucking spring stuck in her back.
1: Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> really, really fucking her up. Not anymore.
2: <laughs> some girls start looking at edible panties and some flavored pasties. Uh, there's some girls chasing each other around with dildos and such. Two of the girls mime fucking a third one with the giant dildo on a bed.
1: I will say this film um, passes the uh, the Bechdel test.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right.
1: They have like conversations about the sex toys that don't involve men at all. Um, nope. they just have goofy girl fun. They all have names. Yeah. (laughs) It passes it. It's not a high bar, but (laughs) I was thinking that when I was watching it. I was like, this is just like watching these ladies have a fantasy party. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's kind of fun. (laughs) We cut to Lois with another girl playing with the vibrator in another room. Then we cut back to Kevin and Tommy, who are with uh, the two girls in a fancy waterfall hot tub.
1: They choose to climb up the waterfall steps instead of the safe carving steps. (laughs) Right. I was very worried someone was going to fall and hit their head. (laughs) I was very concerned about safety on the set.
2: They laugh and splash around. Um, Tommy says that this is Kevin's last fling before he goes to the army. And uh, then mentions he wants to fuck the girl that he's there with.
1: He's not going to the army. She's not going to fuck you.
2: Right. So Kevin and Melissa take off together. And uh, Tommy with Candy starts to uh, make out. Mm -hmm. Melissa lays down in a pool chair. And uh, Kevin starts to go down on her. Candy starts to blow Tommy as he's sitting on the side of the hot tub.
1: And at some point during this scene, a reggae... Jam starts up. <laughs> <laughs> A very soft, uh, very soft skank <laughs> to uh, accompany the proceedings. Kevin
2: continues to go down on Melissa as Tommy is fingering and licking Candy's vagina. We go back and forth between the couples and see Tommy fucking Candy from behind as they stand in front of the waterfall, leaning on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: She asks about what... Kevin and Melissa are doing over there. Tommy says they're screwing, and Candy says no, well, maybe. Then she says that she bets they're not having as much fun as we are. We cut to Kevin fingering Melissa as she moans super hard. We get some standing doggy uh, with Tommy and Candy. Tommy eventually pulls out and comes on Candy's ass and they kiss, and uh, he mentions he's weak in the knees. Candy says she's glad Tommy isn't going into the army, and Tommy notes, Neither is Kevin. (laughs) We cut to our narrator, uh, Candy, again, who notes that Tommy was so much fun. She says that Mark didn't come with them that day. He wanted to find out what the girls were doing. So we cut to Mark watching the girls through the window (laughs) as they're having their party. Apparently, like, they went to this fashion show and came back or something. I don't know.
1: I'm not sure, but um, yes, Mark's a pervert.
2: (laughs) One of the girls is watching porn tapes laying on the floor and seems to be, at first at least, watching Ball Busters. Lois is on the couch playing with herself. The girl on the floor calls out to Christara, asking if she has any more of those tapes. Lynn walks up to the house and sees Mark watching the girls from outside and tells him to get lost. And then another woman shows up, I don't remember who this is, and asks everybody if they know why they're here. They say, Karina's getting married to Jerry. They talk about giving Karina a great night. So they blindfold Karina, spin her around, and then they bring out a big novelty cake. They knock on the cake asking if anyone's home, then they open it up, and it's Jamie Gillis in a dirty white shirt. Yes. His boxers. He's holding a cigar and a beer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's got a five o'clock shadow. Uh, He just kind of seemingly just drunkenly bobs around and he's kind of slurring his words. Yeah.
1: Standards for male strippers were a lot lower before (laughs) Magic Mike. (laughs) You know?
2: Well, Magic Mike can't do this.
1: He's not really magic, is he?
2: No. Not like Jamie Gillis. Yeah. (laughs)
1: As we are soon to learn, it's a powerful, powerful sorcerer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They ask if he's going to strip for them, and he says, that's why I'm here. He's trashed and seems to be half-assing everything. He pulls his boxers into his crack to show his ass. He starts to playfully thrust, and eventually he's kind of winning over the crowd with all of this. He then shows off his nipples individually and then together. (laughs) There is a poster for Babyface on the wall in the background. This is when I noticed it. (laughs) Um, He rolls onto the floor and pulls his boxers tight in his ass crack again. And uh, they ask him to take them off. And he says that he's got to do his floor work. One girl shouts out that she thinks Karina would like it if he got hard. He asks for some encouragement from the girls. He then warns them if he gets this thing hard, it's gonna put a spell on them. <laughs> it's lust, the most powerful force in the universe. He repeats this and warns them. Then he says, Aphrodite, the goddess of love, grant me the power to cast the spell. The lights start flashing and he pulls out his hard cock. The girls all start to writhe around and play with themselves and strip down. Yes. There is a wind-blowing sound effect Mm -hmm. that covers a large portion of the rest of this film and is infuriating. No, it's fine.
1: (laughs) There's wind. um, There's flashing lights. There's goblin music.
2: Yes, there is goblin music.
1: (laughs) And what could be wrong with that? Uh, This is the part of the film where it gets a little David... at this point they've they've unleashed uh an ancient evil similar to uh sorority babes at the slime bowl blah 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 oh yeah yeah um just a little nightmare sisters they're they're changing they're becoming creatures (laughs) of lust right Uh, it's a tenuous connection but it's a connection i'm gonna cling to
2: okay fair enough we get some shots of Jamie from below as he's stroking his cock, sticking through his boxers. Lynn opens up the door and lets Mark in. Jamie starts cackling like a madman. Yes. And Karina creeps closer and starts to blow him.
1: Yeah. The, his laughter echoes pretty often. Yes. It's beautiful. Uh, there's a shot where I believe it's Christara Barrington. Her pussy is, like, lit uh specifically and it re- kind of like uh how angelica houston is in the adams family movie <laughs> like everything around it's like kind of like a bit more shadowy but there's like a light that's just focused on that for like a shot or two and it's uh, it's great
2: well christara starts to fuck herself with a candle
1: oh uh, yes yes
2: and mark sits down on a chair and starts to unbuckle his pants and uh we see a girl riding him. Other girls are licking and caressing one another. We get a bunch of Jamie laughing, and some is like pitch shifted down, so it's like really low. Yeah. But uh, Karina is working his cock and licking his balls. More sucking and fucking around the room. Jamie puts nipple clamps on Karina's tits and mm-hmm. then grabs a giant dildo, which he has her lick. Yep. He then takes off the clamps and has her bend over, and then uses the clamps on her labia. Yes. He spreads her ass to get a good look at her holes from behind. Then he pulls her over to blow him some more.
1: Do you think he um like advertises these services in his uh like personals?
2: I hope so.
1: He's uh, he's like uh entertainment, uh exotic dancing and ancient. Spells of great power. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Jamie
2: bends Karina over and lubes up a thin dildo and seems like he's about to put it in her ass but doesn't, and instead slaps her ass a few times and then unclamps her labia, giving her ass and vagina some more slaps. Yeah. We cut to Lynn, who's riding Mark's cock. There's some ass-eating between a couple of the girls. Mm Mm-hmm. Jamie is eating Karina's ass while shoving a giant dildo in her vagina. Then he starts to fuck her doggy style from behind. More Christara fucking herself with a candle. Two girls 69. Jamie standing fucks Karina as she's lying on her back on a table. Lynn is riding Mark more and after a bit Mark pulls out and comes on Lynn's pubes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a shot at one point, I think it's... It might be Jamie and uh, Karina, where it's uh, from, like, the floor up. And you can see, like, the strobe light they've set up is also going on and off the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it's pretty noticeable. And when they cut back, I was like, oh, all the lights aren't flashing. It's just that one. So right. that was definitely just, like, part of, like, set dressing that got tossed in. Right. Um, But it doesn't break the powerful fantasy. There is... So much pure visual chaos going on here. Right. <laughs> like cups are blowing around at this point from the wind machines. Right. The lights haven't stopped flashing. They were at the fever pitch of the goblin songs that are uh, scinting about. Uh, this is similar to
2: the scene in Pretty Peaches 2, I think it was.
1: Or th- I can't remember if it's in 2 or 3, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I think it's a- 3 because uh, Jamie Gillis is the preacher oh that's right and like that like the fbi or whatever is raiding him when all that happens like yeah there's a lot of fan and win stuff except this is like a full third of the film instead of about like (laughs) five or ten minutes but uh i love it i don't know it really reminds me of a like a horror film in a lot of ways just in the ways it's kind of shot and presented even though it's just a huge carlos tobolina style orgy right uh so you can make that kind of thing like pretty interesting. Sure. You just have to want to. Or uh, have access to several strobe lights, I guess. <laughs> and a wind, a wind machine. Some strong industrial fans that Carlos Topolina couldn't. He shouldn't have spent all his money on that gross-ass fucking tub. <clears throat>
2: <laughs> Jamie pulls out and comes on Karina's pubes, and then Mark runs outside as we hear Jamie laughing more. We cut back to Candy talking to the audience. She explains, Mark's mind was blown. These nice girls he knew all his life became sluts right before his eyes. Yeah. He needed help and he knew just where to get it.
1: He's like a like a protagonist in a Lovecraft story. He's been introduced to knowledge that was not meant for him. <laughs> his experience completely destroyed and changed him as a person. He's going <laughs> to get hooked on opium now.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kevin and Tommy are talking. Kevin's talking about fucking Melissa, even after he gets married. Jerry shows up talking about Karina, and then Mark shows up panting. He can't get his words out. He finally says, shower, orgy. Jerry asks, where's the orgy? He says, at the shower. Jerry's like, that's where my girl's at. So, uh, Mark says they need to get the guys, and we cut to a bunch of guys showing up at the house that the orgy's at, um, outside. One of them gets snatched immediately and pulled into the party while he's walking behind everybody else so they don't notice. The rest of the guys are confused, but they end up making their way in. We see Jerry first inside, and he asks Karina what she's doing as she's getting prone boned by Jamie Gillis.
1: Yeah, they're all. They're now all victims of the sorcerer.
2: But also, Christara is pulling Jerry's face into her vagina. Another girl starts to blow Jerry. Lois and Christara are fingering themselves on the floor, and then they throw themselves at the guys as they show up. Jamie is still fucking Karina. And Lois is riding Mark, Christara is riding Kevin, and then we see her blowing Kevin.
1: Um, I will say at this point, though, the wind effect you were talking about does get annoying because the wind is no longer blowing. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, it's inappropriate. Um, but the orgy continues nonetheless.
2: It does. We see Jerry, who's fucking Taijarae, doggy style, from behind pretty hard.
1: I feel like you're doing a lot better of keeping up with who's who than you said you were gonna do. So, uh, I'm gonna commend you. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Internet Adult Film Database. <laughs> Jamie cackles more. We see Jerry come on Taja's ass. Kristara finishes off Kevin, and Lois finishes off Mark. Tommy wanders in confused, and some girls chase after him. The guys are all in their refractory period and not ready for these insatiable women. Yeah. Tommy sneaks and hides in a closet and Tyja finds him and pulls him out of the closet and talks him through giving her oral, demanding he fuck her with his tongue. (laughs) She has him finger fuck her and then she tells him to suck on her tits and finally she demands he fucks her. And so he fucks her missionary on the bed as he pins her legs up. We see Francois crawling around, but he gets cornered by a couple of the girls. Yeah, he's trying to
1: escape. <laughs> right? uh, it's great. Um, I really love Francois. He is mean,
2: a lovely Frenchman.
1: And as a reminder, if we get 100 Patreons, I will get a Francois Papillon butterfly tattoo on my ass. Oh, yeah. Now, you don't have to stay subscribed. If we just hit 100, <laughs> I'll do it. So if you just want to pop couple dollars down and then quit the next month, that's fine. (laughs) But if you stick around, well, I think you'll like what you find. (laughs) And I have to get a tattoo. If I get a tattoo, they won't let me be buried in a Jewish cemetery. (laughs) They weren't going to probably let me anyway because I'm not Jewish, but it will exclude me entirely, which would, if I had a Jewish grandmother, would break her heart. (laughs) Might actually break my own grandma's heart. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine.
2: Tommy is sucking Taja's nipples, and then she starts to ride him reverse cowgirl. Uh, one girl starts to blow Francois as the other one's licking his nipples, and then she joins in on the BJ. You see Lynn blowing Dick Rambone. <laughs> Francois getting ridden reverse cowgirl really hard. Yep. Um,
1: the music's coming back at this point And it's extremely sax heavy Yeah
2: <laughs> um, Dick Rambone has a real meat sword But Lynn well, is taking care of it
1: That's the only way you get that name Yeah
2: <laughs> Tija's leaning back as Tommy fucks her from below And he pulls out and comes on her pubes and leg Francois is jackhammering the girl he's with Which I believe is Stacy Donovan Yes uh, She's on the floor as he's uh, railing away
1: One of my notes is that this movie has many powerful hogs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It sure does. Dick is railing Lynn on the floor as well and he pulls out and comes on her pubes. And then Francois finally pulls out and comes on Stacy's pubes. She runs off and Francois asks, what's going on here? We cut to the Conways who are pulling up in their car and they're home with Grandma.
1: (laughs) Who appears to be like a Maybe like a 30-year-old woman in some gray powder makeup. (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) We see Jamie coming on Karina's ass again, and we cut to Grandma outside. She knows that she hopes Karina's friends are gone. She's tired and needs some rest. Upon opening the door, Grandma's wheelchair immediately speeds forward, and she pulls out some saran wrap and starts to wrap Jamie Gillis in it.
1: Yeah, what the fuck? (laughs)
2: Uh, It seems that the girls have all now come to and are yelling at the guys as they're all naked and leaving. Mm -hmm. Christara drags out Jamie, and Grandma says, For a moment, I thought I was in heaven. Did you feel it? And Candy talks to the camera again and says, That's the story as I heard it. I'm not saying it's true. She says, Karina and Jerry aren't getting married anymore. She notes she heard Karina's with a guy who smokes cigars and reads Hustler magazines.
1: Excellent. Which I assume is Jamie Gillis. Yeah, um, I would have to assume. He's the only cigar-smoking man we saw. Right. She says... It could be Robert Kerman. It could be. You're right. I I see him as a cigar smoker. He's not in this movie. Sorry, (laughs) I'm going to let you continue. I'm so sorry.
2: Candy says she has to go now and walks away. We get the end as yellow text on a black background as the final card. And then the film is
1: over. And
2: that is Babyface 2.
1: True tour de force.
2: It was quite something.
1: It was uh magical.
2: It was. I'll give you that. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on Babyface 2.
0: Nice to have you home again, Granny. I hope all of Lori's friends have left. I'm tired. I need my rest. Well, you'll have your own room and you'll be very comfortable. Let's see if we can get you in here.
1: Both tried to pick up the cat and both got bit <laughs> um, that's, that's what
2: they say happens when you pick up the cat you're gonna get bit
1: yeah it's that's, like you mess with the bully you get the horns
2: yes yeah, an old southern saying yeah you pick up the cat you're gonna get bit
1: ow <laughs> um well i guess i'll go ahead and start my raincoat review
2: okay you should do that
1: okay i found this film to be very enjoyable uh not having seen Babyface, I didn't know what to expect going in. Right. And it turns out apparently it didn't matter. Right. <laughs> this was a uh, a very good film with a very nice ensemble cast of uh, attractive people. Some people uh, a little more familiar with the Christara Barringtons and such that we've seen more often. And, of course, uh, Jamie Gillis, who I believe is the standout of this film as the (laughs) uh the magical stripper perhaps named jamie perhaps but i like to think of him as just the stripper i'll allow it (laughs) thank you (laughs) i'm not really sure where they came up with this idea to do things this way but uh (laughs) i love it it starts out as what you think is might be kind of a pretty standard adult film, and quickly goes off the rails, <laughs> right? Where you have a an all powerful sorcerer stripper who creates an army of uh, horny young ladies, and uh, there's not much there narratively, but I think that what we do get is. Is still as interesting as any jam-packed story in a way. Right. Uh, when I when I watch a Derenzi film, I don't always expect like the strongest narrative. But what I have come to expect from him is that he will create something bizarre that I am not entirely certain that I believe that I'm seeing.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Uh, he just has a knack for creative uh, porn shots. I think. He's got a uh, the ideas, the execution, I just think he has a way about him. I don't think he's overall like the best filmmaker, like he's not like at, like a Damiano level right where he's telling very like coherent, like well put together stories, but I do think he's a very inventive storyteller. Sure. Uh, creative in that way. So I think that he succeeds at this kind of thing more often than someone like Carlos Tobelina does, just through uh, the sheer force of his imagination. Right. As I said, it's a feminist masterpiece. It ma- it passes the Bechtel test. Um, <laughs> the women are avenged by a uh, an ancient matriarch <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Ooh, that ending is very bizarre right uh it reminds me of uh something like about like maybe like the japanese cinema or like asian cinema or like there's like a sudden badass old grandma who yeah. will show up often uh but there's no explanation for this at all right uh beyond that i really enjoyed it and I think that this is a, uh, call it a, a, gem of the, the late golden age, that period, uh, from like probably about like 84 to like 86, 87 or so before right. like video completely took over. Cause this is shot on film. Yes. Um, it looks nice, yeah. uh, but I would put this up next to stuff like too naughty to say no, or the pretty peaches sequels as strong entries from that point in the, uh, in the film cycle yeah something worth checking out i would give it i'm gonna give it a good three and a half stars i feel like there might not be enough there narratively to carry everybody through but if you're able to just appreciate when things get really uh wacky and chaotic then i think there's something there for you like it's just fun at the end of the day yeah, Just fun, brainless porn. A lot of attractive people. Some uh, some good music. Some uh, creatively shot, interesting sex. Uh, what say you, boss?
2: I say similar things. Uh, you always do. Yeah, for the most part.
1: <laughs> yeah, we share a brain.
2: Oh yeah, we've swapped them back and forth too many times. Yeah, <laughs> our brains have come become mixed together into one.
1: We have harnessed
2: Malfunctioning the, goop.
1: We've harnessed the power of the third mind. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so Babyface 2, uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I thought that if it had a flaw, it's just that you don't really get to connect with any of the characters mm-hmm. very well. Yes. But... There was so much going on the whole time that it didn't really matter that much.
1: Right, that's kind of what I had kind of said. Where while the narrative is weak, there's just so much happening constantly that it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have time to really bog itself down. Even like the stuff where they're just hanging out at the at the fantasy party is kind of fun. Just uh, yeah, and almost you kind of want to. It makes me because they're all named after themselves. It's just a little slice of life. Yeah. So it's just what happens to porn stars on the weekend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like, you could look at the scene where uh, Jamie Gillis gets his hard on and the uh, spell begins as just, like, cinematic gold. Oh, yeah. Just all the girls writhing around and playing with themselves, yeah. and Jamie Gillis cackling at the top of his lungs with his hard on sticking out of his boxers. Yeah,
1: it's definitely. Uh...
2: And lights flashing and wind blowing and
1: it will stay with me the longest of my days
2: <laughs> it's uh it's lovely in that sense mm-hmm. um there is a lot of very good looking people in this, and they're all naked and fucking and uh sucking and sucking, yeah, lots of sucking and fucking. And uh, I appreciate that in a film. That's one of the reasons I don't really care for the Marvel movies, is there's not nearly enough sucking or fucking. Not yet. Not yet. We're working on it.
1: Petition. A, started a White House.gov petition to get Axel Braun put on the like main Marvel team. <laughs> so we're going to take care of that.
2: Yes, thank God. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, we have things to look back on. Like Babyface 2, that gives us plenty of sucking and fucking. Yeah. And uh, some real wild swings with the story that ultimately, I think, pay off. hmm I would give this... I'm going to say three and a half stars. It's yeah. like, it's bordering on four.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's about where I was.
2: I think that just the fact that I don't connect with any of the characters kind of mm-hmm. makes it hard for me to go much higher. Yeah.
1: And I, I will say... The performances like overall from everyone that's not Jamie Gillis are kind of shaky. Right. Like, the line deliveries are a little flat or
2: I just assume everybody's on cocaine and was given sure. like a general outline of the script.
1: That's, that's <laughs> what I think. Because there's a point where during the fantasy party when she's getting everything out, there's like some like condom, like cock sleeve kind of thing that's supposed to be like, I guess like a tickler. Uh-huh. And one girl like picks it up twice and it's like calamari. Like at Christara Barrington. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, are you trying to make like a sushi joke? What's happening?
2: (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Regardless of the score. Which was a good score. But it's just a a wild, wild movie.
1: Yeah, it doesn't quite reach the heights. It maybe could if they established some of the characters a little bit more before uh or even like the relationships that were there
2: i think that you just needed a few less people
1: yeah i think that can also be like a problem especially with like a a, a ensemble cast in an adult film right and an ensemble cast in a film where they're not pausing to fuck you can maybe get to know people a little bit even with like a bit part right but in this case it's a fuck film right
2: (laughs) well and i think that it also makes it so the problem with orgy scenes in general is that there is a right number of people to be in a sex scene i think yeah and i think it tops out around 4 or 5
1: yeah um you know once you get like 8 people in there i can't i can't tell We're what's cutting going back on. and
2: forth between people i have to try to remember whose holes are whose yeah And
1: I've whole blindness, so it's hard for me to tell.
2: (laughs) So, but if you have so many people in the sex scene, you keep going back and forth. You don't really get to spend quality time with any of the sex. And if you do spend quality time with any of the sex, then that means that the scene has gone on way too long. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a damned if you do period situation I guess. Yeah. But uh also I could say that like once you go from two people to three or four it might actually enhance the
1: scene. Yeah. Uh
2: just to kind of change things up a little bit.
1: Too many chefs.
2: Too many chefs. So. Now if it was like a Bukkake scene. Yeah. That's different.
1: That's different.
2: Cuz you have the focus on the one girl. Yeah. Or a gangbang also
1: Yes, it's a gangbang, yes. You just need a focal point, I think.
2: You need a hero for your story.
1: Yeah, orgy needs a hero. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, so speaking of heroes, our heroes are the people that follow our Patreon at patreon.com slash raincoat report, uh, which again, you can't search for. You have to go to the address. Yes. But uh, this week, we've got Pornhub Roulette coming Friday, Yes, uh, and uh, we will be shaken to our cores, I'm sure, as we usually are.
1: I'm going to say it's, it's coming out, it's still May, it's halfway to Halloween, so prepare to be affrighted.
2: <laughs> I Yeah, I have no idea what Jeremy's got up his sleeves, and he has no idea what I have up mine, so uh, this will be interesting
1: got muscles up my sleeves uh,
2: uh, <laughs> uh. Uh, follow us on instagram and Twitter at raincoat report Rate, review and subscribe to our podcast and raincoat report at gmail.com if you want to email us
1: yeah or you can send us uh, you know what send us your 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 questions send us your Q A's what do you want to know about us
2: oh yeah next week. Is episode 100 of the Raincoat Report? We
1: are. 100 is going to be very important, but I think episode 101, we're going to get back to basics. I would like to answer some fan questions if we could get some. Okay. For Raincoat 101. (laughs) We'll tell the story of how me and Boss met. We'll answer your questions, and if there's time left over, we'll cover a film. Yeah,
2: we'll see what happens. Are you making hand job motions at me?
1: Uh no, it's more of like a pepper grinder. Uh, okay. I want some pepper.
2: Uh well, if you're gonna get pepper, don't forget your raincoat.,
1: oh, that's terrible. That's
2: terrible. I was waiting for you to save us.
1: By Aphrodite. I command thee, do not forget thy raincoat.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the story. And I'm not saying if it's true or not. But that's the way it was told to me. Anyway, I heard Karina's not getting married to Jerry. And I heard she's been going out with this older guy who smokes cigars and gets off on Hustler magazine. (sighs) Anyway, I've got to go now. I hope you like the story, bye.